All right, so that's Tony Moore's song "Awake." And Tony, wow, that is you. You went you went pretty small for that one, didn't you? <laughs> Do you know the, the, the funny thing about that that song, which started as just that guitar riff at the beginning, the kind of little four notes riff that happened at the beginning of twenty one. It was in January twenty twenty one. I was in the shed in my mum's garden. We were in the second part of the lockdown, and I was just indulging the inner guitarist because. Most people have never seen me play lead guitar before because I've just been a like a bedroom lead guitarist. So I was just indulging myself and I kept going and going and going. And went, I could do a bit more and I could do a bit. More. And then at four minutes, I thought, oh, maybe I should do some singing now. Because obviously, you know, most most records, the, the chorus is in at 40 seconds, right? And I'm, I'm four minutes in. By the time I'd finished it, I did a live stream and I played and sang it live to the backing track online. And I got so many lovely comments. Thousands of people watched it. And nobody went, that's just self-indulgent, Tony. Now that everyone's got, this is really good. I like what great guitar. We've never seen you do that. So that kind of was the encouragement I needed to think, hmm, this feels like it's the opening track of an album I haven't written yet. Maybe I should write the album. So that that was the genesis of the whole idea. That's Now, these songs that you wrote, was that sort of as we were, I don't want to say coming out of the pandemic, because some people might argue that we're still in it. Were they sort of written at the end of the, the lockdown periods? Yes. This, this, so I gave myself two months to do it because I love deadlines. I think they're really important in life. So I thought I'm going to give myself Feb and March <laughs> to write and record and mix all the tracks. So I was basically writing things consecutively. It might, it's a concept album because why not, right? It's we're locked down. Why shouldn't I do a concept album? And there's a fantastic liberating feeling as a, as a creative person to go, it's a concept, so it can be anything. My creative flow in this was after Awake, I thought, where do I want to go next? Because there's, there's three layers of inspiration, lots of other bits and pieces. The first thing, of course, was we were still in that kind of crazy lockdown period where everything was so messed up emotionally, mentally, physically, geographically, that, you know, we were all completely blindsided by that. So there's some elements of that, of things that I'm looking at and things I'm feeling and things I know lots of us are experiencing. The second part is about my mum. So she features in, in the album and in the live show because she got dementia at the beginning of the lockdown and I moved in and became her primary carer. So I looked after her throughout all of it. And and I have to tell you, in a weird, weird way, it was a blessing because we talked a little bit about this before, I think, with I Cried For You, but it was a blessing to spend time with her and just tell her that she's the best mum in the world and I love her every night. And I wouldn't have swapped that for anything. So she features in it in songs and in video. And then the third thing was that in the UK, there was a point in the very beginning of the lockdown in 2020 when we were told by the government that if we were creatives... Maybe we should retrain, maybe try some coding. That to me was a was the darkest moment because it's like I've spent my life making music and now I'm being told that maybe I will never be able to do it again. You're telling me to reach what this is. This was really messing with my head. There's a lot of the 13 year old Tony who dreamed of doing kind of theatrical, slightly progressive, rocky, Pink Floydy, Genesis, Elton Johnny kind of stuff. I'm just indulging all of that now because no one can stop me, right? And I'm going, right, I'm doing it now. Those are the kind of the three themes that interlink through the story. So there's some dark moments in the music. There's some very happy moments. There's some silly moments. 
And in, and in the live show, there are moments where people cry. And if I look at the screen at the wrong time and see my mum, I lose it a little bit as well. But then there's moments where everybody is dancing and going crazy in the shed, which is uh, another story. For anyone that, that, that either sees the show or hears any of the music, which isn't completely released yet, that's kind of what it's about. And it's something that we all relate to. We're talking with Tony Moore, and Tony's talking about the the music Awake, but also a, a special one-man show. It's you and a, a multimedia presence behind you, right? Absolutely. When I was creating the music, I was also streaming the shows one by one to try them out. And so I'd create the imagery to go behind me uh, as I was creating the show to see what it would look like. And when I got it right, then I knew I was building the live show at the same time as making the album. Now, I haven't released the album and it won't come out till next year because, first of all, no one would have known about it. Secondly, I wanted to build a groundswell of awareness of the show by doing it live. And thirdly, as as I've kind of realized, is that I sing it and play it slightly differently now because I've had two years of shows to, to really work it in. So there's a few tracks I'm going to readdress, remix, resing before releasing it in 24. But as you said, the live show is a one-man show. So I'm playing the lead guitar, I'm playing the keyboards, I'm playing the acoustic. I talk a little bit, but not much, because there's so many immersive video aspects to the show. And I've been doing it for, well, since May of 2021. So that's nearly, not quite two and a half years, but over 50 shows, nearly 60 shows now. And one of the things I want to I want to touch on before we get a little farther in, we're going to talk about something really unique and really wild. This not that not, not that what we talk about <laughs> isn't unique, but but there's some stuff that I had no clue about until you told me. And we'll get to that in a minute. Tony Moore was uh, one of the original members of Iron Maiden. Also played with Cutting Crew. And speaking of Iron Maiden, you are going to be out on tour with British Lion, which includes a former bandmate of yours. Yes. Yeah, so Steve Harris, who's the kind of the founder of Iron Maiden and the um, the only bass player they've ever had. <laughs> they've mm. had a keyboard player, that was me, for a short while. They've had different guitarists, different drummers, only one bass player, which is Steve. When Maiden aren't doing a show, he has another band called British Lion that he put together about 10 years ago now. And they play all the time because he loves playing and lots of smaller venues, probably, you know, 800,000, 1,500 kind of capacity. Steve was very much a part of the the whole Awake story, to be honest, because during the lockdown, we were talking on the phone all the time about, mainly about music, right, and what we were doing. And I was sending him the tracks because we have a very similar musical heritage, the things that we loved in the 70s. And he he was really very positive about everything I sent him. But he would come back with some kind of mix ideas. He'd go, oh, you know, you can make that chorus much bigger or, you know, more guitar solo there and, and some some very sweet things. So he was part of that process. And in the middle of making the album, halfway through, one night very late, I came in from the shed and we were talking. I said, I'm so obsessed with finishing this album. I feel like I'm going crazy in the shed. And he literally said to me, that should be the title of your next song, Tony. And I went, brilliant idea. So I went back in the shed and I wrote it. And it's one of the standout moments in the whole show. Very much a part of it. He's come to see it twice in its entirety, which is nearly two hours with the encores. But then he, uh, a couple of months ago, he said, listen, British Lion are doing um, a UK tour in January. I'd love you to be the opening act. So I'm going to be the only act, the sole opening act. I'm going to do about 50 minutes of the show. I'm going to cut it almost in half. I've got a lot of technology to squash down and be the opening act. But we're going to do 18 dates, most of which have sold out now. 
Well, it's great that you're also still connected with Steve that way to, to be able to bounce ideas off him. Yeah, he's he's just he just loves music. He's been very not only supportive, but quite inspirational in, in, in helping me drive this forward. And then after the British Lion Tour in January, I do my own headline tour where I do the whole show. Well, it's just me in February around the UK. And then the plans are I want to bring it to the States. So keep your eyes open because Awake is coming stateward. Stateside, yeah, something like that. That was it, that was it, stateside. (laughs) (laughs) We were talking with Tony Moore. Tony is a good friend, longtime friend of the station. And what sort of sparked the initial beginning of this conversation, and then when, as always seems to happen with you, Tony, is I learned that you're doing 60 million other really cool things. So I want to squeeze them all into this one conversation. But this, this is what started it. You sent me a song you had written for meatloaf yep okay tell me how that how did how on earth did that happen well so i actually played piano with meatloaf in the 80s for a very short period when he was in the uk doing lots of tv and promo and my friend john parr of saint elmo's fire man in motion we've been in a band together he was working with meatloaf i think he co-written and possibly even co-produced the i think it was the midnight the lost and found album anyway he was putting the band together and he asked me to, to join the band so i got to know him a bit then then never saw him again. However, the end of 2021, I was approached by a friend of mine who was uh, in Memphis, and he'd been talking with Meatloaf, who, who was living in Nashville, about producing his next record. He'd already pitched Meatloaf one of my songs that apparently Meat really liked, and then they needed more material. So I, I started researching Meatloaf a little bit more, obviously listening to the songs, and I suddenly discovered through all the interviews that he did and the articles that I, I, I read, he had this amazing life. One particular day in that life when he was 16, nearly 17, I think very few people know. He's, he's spoken about it on television, but I don't, I don't think it's, if you're not a Meatloaf fan, you would never know this, right? November the 22nd, 1963, he grew up in Dallas. He was out in the car with his two mates. They, they pulled into um, Mickey Mantles, which was, uh, I think, a baseball player's um, franchised bowling alley on their way to school and the receptionist was crying and they said what's the matter and she screamed they just shot the president they couldn't believe it JFK assassinated they ran out and tried to tell people but nobody wanted to listen so they thought they'll take him to Parkland Memorial Hospital that's where they would take you know victims of gunshots and stuff so they get in their car drive up onto the freeway and suddenly someone jumps out holds his hand up and says shows a badge and says secret service I need to get to the hospital. The president's been shot. Take me there as quickly as you can. So he jumps in the car. They speed off as quickly as they can into the hospital. The Secret Service guy leaps out of the car, runs inside. And then the three of them just see the limousine there. JFK's limousine covered in blood and roses. And 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 he says it was like just this, you know, you can't really describe the feeling. It's just such a surreal moment. The Secret Service guy eventually comes back, tries to give them $100. And they said, we can't take your money, sir. You know, we were happy to help. And he said, well, you've got to take something. So they took five five bucks and ripped it into three bits. So they each kept a piece to remember mm. that day. When they went to school, eventually, nobody believed them. When he got home, he tried telling his mum, who didn't really believe him. But then on the news, the reporters were all down at the hospital. And there he was with his two friends standing there, rewinding very quickly. When I was researching Meatloaf to write, write some songs for him, I thought I would write them all from his point of view about his life. Not quite a musical, but certainly, um, you know, for him to be able to sing about things that he'd experienced. 
And I just tried to put myself in the mindset of Meatloaf and Jim Steinman and make it dramatic and, um, and rocky. So I'd written seven songs and Blood and Roses was one of the seven songs. And then, of course, absolutely tragically, the beginning of 2022, Meatloaf passed away and he never really got to hear all the songs I wrote. So I've, I've now got this, I've got seven songs that no one really can sing except him or me. Him because they were, they're all from him, right? Me, I, or me because I wrote them. So I have a story to tell. So this year, it's the 60th anniversary marking the assassination of JFK. Uh, I thought it would be nice to release the track, both to remind ourselves of how Meatloaf was this incredibly larger than life, uh, unique and amazing performer, and to recognise that this was the 60th anniversary of that event. So I've got Tommy Harden playing drums, who's currently in the Alabama drum chair, but based in Nashville. The rest I did myself and created a unique video because, of course, there's no one to make the video with. So I used AI to revisit that day and, and kind of reimagine how it would all be. Tony Moore, thank you so much, man. Well, you know, it was it was an exciting journey. And suddenly I thought it would be a waste if, if, if we didn't put the music out there. Yeah, I get it. I get it. I'm glad that you're putting it out there. And I dig the video. I dig the song. It's really great stuff. And, and Tony, it's always fun to talk with you. Thank you. you, know, you I love your station. I love you and your team because you have a passion for music. You have a passion to share new music. But also you do a great thing for your listeners, right? You turn them on to all kinds of crazy things. And whenever I'm in the States, you're always on the car radio when I'm in, in New York because I always discover something new and exciting when I listen. So thank you for supporting not only me, but for all of us out there.